From Grain to Glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And I am Katie. And this is the best beer show on the internet. Yes. Mm-hmm. I liked that one, guys. <laughs> Katie's like soulful I've been practicing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was the best. All right. Uh, before we get too deep here, uh, the American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to fantastic or the to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the fur link of our homepage and join today. Also, we give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our black belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornson, Tyler Romanski, and Hop and Barrel Brewing. If you'd like to be as awesome as them, head, head on over to patreon.com slash studio or click on the patron link at the bottom of our homepage at, pay, uh, at blindnewstudios.com. I was going to get there eventually. We're going to figure this out. <laughs> All right, Brian, what have you been up to beer-related lately? Oh, why? I don't know. I should have probably been prepared for this. I mean, am I usually not? I'm usually not. Uh, I mean, this is the first episode of the day, so usually you have something geared up and ready oh, to go. son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, I uh, drank some beer yesterday. No, I uh, haven't done anything ex- extraordinary beer-related other than um, at the brewery, the Paul and Babes Breakfast Ale was released. and Oh, you guys did like some kind of um, like online release or something? I was trying to understand what you are talking about there, and we didn't. I don't think we've t- talked about that yet. So what, what was the release of Paul and Babes like? You guys did something different this Well, time. you got to do stuff differently in them COVID times here. Uh, so there was... There was an in-person release, like you do, uh, but we had pre-sold uh, boxes of the beer and some glassware and some other swag that you could get, along with a curated playlist for music to drink lumberjack beer by. Was the lumberjack song one of the songs on the playlist? Uh, probably. Not, probably. There was a lot of lumberjack um themed music yeah. Yeah, it's Nathan, about the woods and the yeah, flannel Nathan put it together and he I, we put our trust in him as far yeah, as it was goes. good actually listen to it. I mean it's you know it's it's an eclectic mix but it was it was yeah. fitting yeah so I've been kind of enjoying actually enjoying that beer and you know I don't usually get into beer that's not just beer flavored and that there's a bunch of bullshit there's a in. lot more going on in that beer yeah uh, it, I think it's a great beer uh very well balanced, and we were trying to get uh, maple, blueberry, and coffee to come out in the beer, and that happened. And it happened in a balanced fashion, so um, I'm so very it's happy a with it. part of a balanced breakfast. Then, mm-hmm. yeah, you ever have a lumberjack uh, serve your breakfast in bed, Casey? I mean, I've always wanted it. It's been one of my fantasies for a long time, but that's oh. not this show. All right, that's good. <laughs> What sh- <laughs> what show is it? <laughs> Talk about that on DOO. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I don't know. Uh, that's about it. Nothing real interesting. Uh, Katie, what about you? Uh, well, on that on that beer release day, this is um, you know we're obviously sh- shooting or recording a few weeks for some people, but it was Black Friday, and I did the oh, yeah. I, you, there's I did a beer the caramelizer, the beer poking. Yeah. Oh. So we had yeah. a. Um, it was not my idea to do this, but I was the one that that ended up having to execute it. But we did. We have that one of those like stainless steel rods that you heat up in the fire, and then you transfer it over into a glass of beer, and it like caramelizes it and does all the things. And people were just like going going gaga about that thing. 
Yeah, so... So that we, went well, huh? Yeah. yeah we, did. we did something similar on Friday because mm. we wanted to go down to the Hop and Barrel one but didn't want the crowds Yeah. because Minnesota's closed and everything goes <laughs> insane then. Uh, so we did that at Steve and Joel's, um, except instead of stainless, which in retrospect makes way more sense, uh, we used wrought iron. Sure. Um, which added a fun minerally character yeah, to everything that we. Iron, yep. Iron yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of iron to everything yeah. that we uh, that we put in there. But things got red hot and they were delightful and a little bendy. Um, and then I sent Brian a photo of us poking into a plastic cup and then poking all the way through and all the beer. Oh, yeah, that was a video. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. But yeah. Did uh, so? Was there a particular beer that went really well uh, with the hot poker? Um. I was I, I don't know about that, but I, I think um the our 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 IPA, our West Coast IPA actually had the most like profound change. And it oh. wasn't so much the malt of it, it was the hop like the hop oh, profile really? changed. And I I noticed that with our hazy IPA as well. It was it was it didn't taste the same. Um, the hop profile seemed to seem to be impacted by it. So how much uh so I noticed as soon as you put the hot poker in um, all of the uh, CO2 releases and makes just it, yeah. all of the foam. Yeah. So how long were you poking the beer? Two to three seconds. Okay. Yeah. So very short. Uh, the the beer that that the um, our our guests were were noticing um, the the best difference was our pumpkin spiced. We have a, a red lager. That, oh, okay. Uh, our amber lager that we put some pumpkin spice in, and they were just like, and I don't know if that was more caramely, like a caramely thing that happened with that beer, but. Yeah, it was interesting. People, yeah, people were like rushing over to get their beer oh, poked nice. and all the things. We so. had a couple. Uh, we opened a couple of cans of like different s'mores beers, mm. um, and that worked really well because they already had like kind of like the toasted marshmallow, and it really like enhanced um, that. I think it was just caramelizing milk sugars. Yeah, and it made this really nice toasty mm-hmm. flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's about. I mean, there's other things. We we, we the three of us just got back from a pitchfork pitchfork brewing and that was the first time i had been in that facility since they opened which yeah. shame on me oh but. for real oh mm-hmm. cool okay yeah it's a great yeah, facility yeah. and the beer is just that pilsner is so good yeah man, i just through, i'm so happy the roof for them right now for yeah them, man. i'm like, so happy for them good for them. With that facility so um, good job mike yep uh what about you casey What's going uh on? beer related for me uh well i went beer poking because yeah. apparently with that's... With wrought iron. With wrought iron, because, well, I mean, that's what they used to do in the old-timey days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also that's... I just brought a fire poker from the fireplace, and we were just shoving that in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that was your idea. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Of course it was my idea. Yeah. Um, well, it was it was a joint idea, because uh, my friend Stephen Joel really wanted to go down, and COVID. Um, but yeah, so we did that... Um, Besides that, uh, I brewed today. Yes, I brewed you a, did. I brewed a pale ale. Uh, I guess I called it. I don't know. It's it has a weird malt bill, and or no, it's an IPA, and it has a little bit of a weird malt bill. I did fifty-two um, percent uh, two row, thirty-five uh, percent Maris Otter, eight um, percent Carafoam, and then five percent Munich. Um, mm-hmm. so kind of on the, on the like caramely or like flavory, yeah. flavory side. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like, like a, a, a pale ale IPA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking Close, like yeah, c- central coast, like mm-hmm. you're too obviously, hard oh, style. Yeah. yeah. You're obviously trying to, to put some malt 
backbone into that. Beer. Yeah, well, especially for yeah. this time of year, like it sounded really nice. Yeah. Um, and then I did, um, was it 35 IBUs of Hopshot at 60 minutes? Mm-hmm. Um, and then this uh, this beer is 100, besides the Hopshot, it's 100% uh, cryo hops. Okay. Um, and so I did half an ounce of Citra and half an ounce of Mosaic in a 20 minute hop stand at the mm-hmm. end. Um, and then I'm going to dry hop with Citra and Mosaic um, at, uh, at High Croizen and then a couple days after. Yeah. yeah. I'll be interested, uh, interested to see how the, the those Citra and Mosaic hops kind of play out with the, that like Munich malt. Yeah, and, and some yeah. Some of the more caramely um, notes that you're. Yeah, so I, I I made the hot or I made the malt bill, and then I looked for whichever cryo hops were cheapest. Oh, and that's kind of where I ended up. So, we'll see. We'll see how it happens. It should mm-hmm. be okay. I'm mm-hmm. not. It smelled really well or mm-hmm. really good. So, pretty excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I hit all my numbers. So that's always a good thing. That's great. Yeah, that never happens. Uh, yeah, and then oh, I'm uh, fermenting with the Omega um, Tropical IPA yeast, which is a Kavike mm-hmm. yeast. Yeah, and that's that one that we talked about during the biotransformation episode mm-hmm. a few weeks back as being a good um a good yeast for, you know, this this hazy IPA series yep. that we continue to talk about. Yeah. Uh so besides that, I finally got my my home brewery back up and running. Mm-hmm. Uh including a um like some temp control with a yeah, you know, we're, we're, chiller. we're still in the wake of the of the big move to yeah, like, studio b it's been like 18 19 months at this point no, it, has, it feels like it it really does <laughs> no it hasn't no it it's, hasn't it's, it's been no, what, a couple, couple months yeah i think, yeah. I, think well, I think we're at the end of month three right i think now. we had so many, <laughs> it's just like weeks of the f- i don't know what it is but moving from that house to this house and the the board was like I'm also tired, Casey. That we're talking <laughs> yeah, about no. the mixing board. Oh, yeah, for no, the, all, for the... <laughs> all of my audio equipment decided to like take a shit on me at Casey, the same time. We're tired. We're all exhausted. <laughs> Casey, is this a new board? This oh, is. It oh, is. Yeah, this, yeah. This this is new this as is of number last week. Three, but, but uh, this is brand new. They're oh, how shiny it is. Yeah, they're quotes. And there's, there's, there's a lot of fun there's lights. There's lights and... that light. Oh, it's it's very exciting. Yeah, there's uh, there, there's uh, a lot of green on this board, a lot yeah, of red. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Although, did you keep the other two? Yeah, one one is actually weighing down the lid on my. That's true. Uh, glycol chiller right now. Please don't, <laughs> please don't get rid of those because there were like what two weeks in a row that that we need to swap them we out. Need to swap and, them yeah. Out. Oh yeah, no, no, they're not going away. Yeah. They're still sitting back there. Mm-hmm. But this one is should last us. I'm hoping. A couple of years. Nice. I really it's hope. pretty, it's a, and it's, it's a nice giant. Board. It is. It's very big. Yeah. A bit bigger, yeah. It's bigger. It's heavier. Uh, I mean, I I paid for more rocks, so we could put those in there, because <laughs> okay. weight is quality, right? <laughs> it's it's so funny when you look at a mixing board. Like I always tell, like the we do like comedy and trivia at the brewery, and and people look at this mixing board like, oh my god, all these buttons, and it's like. You're gonna use like ten percent of the buttons. You didn't mention the knobs as well. There's, there's so many knobs. knobs. So many knobs. Uh, for every knobs button, there's six knobs. Well, yeah, it's for every channel. There's like ten potentiometers or potentiometers, like a thing that you can turn that's gonna do something at a value from zero to ten, but. The majority of them don't do anything unless you're doing a thing. So it's well. What's really nice is so channel one never changes because I'm always sitting here. Yeah, 
And so that's great. Um, and most of the time you're sitting there, so channel two is usually fine, unless I gotta <laughs> dial it back for Matt. Um, but then, like, Katie and Carlos sound completely different, so yeah. there's a lot of so things gotta I gotta change, change there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't have my own microphone yet. I mean, you're working on it. You're yeah. working on usurping Carlos. Whatever. Oh, Gordon yeah, yeah. Gordon didn't Gordon used to bring his own microphone and we all laughed at him and then No, he, I told him he couldn't anymore. Yeah, exactly. Because it messed everything up. Yeah. Uh but anyway. Oh, we so digress. We did. We really <laughs> did. Can we talk about uh what we we're never talking do about that today? on this show? We're talking about uh DIY uh chillers. But yeah. in specific uh, uh glycol or glycol. I guess water. Yeah. So I guess let, let's start with why use glycol? Do you guys want to? I feel like you guys might have a better, more elegant answer than I might. Uh, glycol know. versus versus just water. Just water. Oh, uh, I thought you just meant in general, like temp- temperature control during the process of beer fermentation no, no, but is, like, is so, crucial, and that's oh, yeah, and that's yeah. what we're talking about. Can yeah. we can we just back up and oh, yeah. and start with because I this is um you know temp control I think has has evolved in home brewing. Mm-hmm. From, uh, from ambient, being ambient to hey, throw it in a bucket that's yeah, which bigger is, than I your guess, carboy. Which put is a kind of control. Well, put a swamp towel cooler. over the round yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah, swamp cooler with a fan and all the things. Well, and now, I mean, I actually looked in this. You know, I, I I've, I've mentioned this multiple times in, uh, on this podcast that I used to work at at Northern Brewer in one of their retail, and we didn't have there was no glycol, and now you know I'm going to the website and there's you know you search and there's you know, 12 different search results right, yeah, per way. So it's like, it's it's definitely even, chilling. Chilling on a homebrew level has evolved significantly in the yeah, last five years. O- over so. the years, they have made it yeah. more Well, even if you look at the last 10 friendly. years of homebrewing, mm-hmm. um, it was, the, the best you could do was like, make like a son of a fermentation chiller where it's just a, a foam box that you put your carboy mm-hmm. in with maybe a couple of 12-volt fans and then blocks of ice. Yeah. <laughs> and I used, when I was homebrewing, I used a chest freezer and an external thermostat and i would set it to i mean essentially i was controlling the ambient temperature Mm -hmm. within that i was i set it to you know 63 degrees hoping my beer the core of my beer stayed under 70 so i guess what's what's the what's the problem with just controlling the air around your beer let's let's bring it back to to base here quickly like if you're listening and you're just getting into the hobby for the first time uh, temperature control during the process of beer fermentation is crucial to the cons- consistency of the flavor that you want mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. get out of it. So that's at base what we're talking yep. about. But and specialized cooling systems on a on a larger level. I mean, I as, there's no comparison for the cost. Like once you break it down, ten years ago they didn't have the kind of thing that we're talking about. You had to build it. Yeah. Yep. Now it's a lot more evident. The internet's a lot more prevalent. Special cooling systems with food grade propylene glycol are a lot more ubiquitous. They're a lot easier to deal with and integrate. Um, but <clears throat> so, so that's what we're talking about here: is yeah. glycol fermentation, chilling, mm-hmm. controlling. Control. You know, and again, going back to basics, we're 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 uh, looking to control the temperature at which the yeast metabolize the sugar within mm-hmm. the wort to make alcohol, and you know, CO two in the heat or yep. whatever that it already brings out, and and those those temperatures are crucial for the taste of the beer, which Brian had mentioned. So, it's you know this this, I guess the the idea for today's show is to sort of 
expand on that. Expand on that a little bit. Yes. Um, Yeah. So uh, for people who haven't been following um, either our yeast discussion or um, just in any of our fermentation discussions, controlling ambient is an issue because the core of your beer can be 15 degrees warmer than the ambient. Easily 10, Mm -hmm. if not 15. Yep. And, And this is in your carboy. If you're sitting there looking at your carboy, the the you know and I was trying to explain this principle to Steve when we were at the brewery, which is isn't a very difficult one to to yep. wrap your head around. It's heat rises. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you put more temp control on the top part, it'll the heat will rise. It'll shoot it back down. You'll have a, a more convected, more roiling mm-hmm. fermentation. There's other reasons. Um, to do this. Yeah, and so at, at the homebrew level, uh, the big uh, the big move has been towards. Um, dropping cooling or heating coils into the center of the car, mm-hmm. into the center of the vessel, in order to keep that core temperature as controlled as possible, or versus a, the external, yeah. you know, the walls of the, of yeah. the vessel. Um, yeah, and so we've moved towards instead of like at the beginning of home brewing, it was let's control the ambient, let's control the outside in, mm-hmm. and now we're working it inside out, mm-hmm. which we've seen has a lot more far effect. better effect in control. Yeah, and my my feeling is. Is, is, you know, I had rooms in my house where I would keep them at like sixty degrees. Well, that isn't Me too. comfortable mm-hmm. in the middle of winter. So it's like, how about we just control this little tiny space rather than the rather know, than the large the twelve well, by twelve right. room that you're yeah. trying to ferment. And, th- and this is and this is me in you know two thousand five or whatever living in a walk up apartment or well, it was probably later than that 2008. anyway some sometime in the mid to late 2000s or i'm sorry early 2000 whatever uh in the aughts. right having a carboy next to a window that was cracked about four inches and then two zip up hoodies over it was just about right in my bedroom <laughs> to ferment this porter was that winter or summer. Definitely winter. Yeah, yeah. Definitely winter, yeah. yeah. Summer, it's right up against the AC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, living in this walk up in Uptown and and just that little bit on it and, and the hoodies and it was and it was perfect. And I like cooler sleeping weather anyway. And so yeah, like the, the things you do. Mm. Well, so <laughs> I, I feel like on the homebrew level, Cooling is the most difficult Very. problem to tackle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, cooling and heating, like getting getting your temp control down. And so now that we have all these like new new types of fermenters and different ways of tackling things, we have new solutions to these problems. Um, and so what I did is I was like, okay, I I started with when I got the new. Uh, I have the SS uh, SS uh, brew, brew buckets. Yeah. Brewtech brew. Uh, yeah. Um, brew buckets and they have like a they have a coil that drops down to the center um, which is great and then I started with a bucket of water in my kegerator mm-hmm. which worked really good for ale temps so but, you were piping it and I know the story I'm just saying yep, yeah, yeah, so yeah. people so, know what we're um, so, about. so I had an aquarium pump in the bucket mm-hmm. and that would push it through the coil and then um, there was another tube that came out and deposited it back into the bucket mm-hmm. and I was able to t- uh, keep two uh, fermenters, five gallon fermenters at ale temps. Yep. That so way. this was running out of the refrigerator that you are already using for for kegs, kegs to set, pour yep. beer on. Set tap. to what temperature? 
uh, I think it was surfing, uh, little on, well, surfing temp. So it was sure. like 42, yeah. I think. Yeah. And so I think me asking you this many questions is, is just to tell people, hey, you can yep. run a couple fermenters off of a refrigerator that you're already using to pour this nice clean tap beer that you fermented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So as it's as not as hard as you think. As long as you're fermenting ales. Uh, yeah. As long as you're Touché. fermenting ales, Touché. yeah, yep. and yeah, that's and that's the big thing, which is why I wanted to switch over to I I keep calling it a glycol chiller because I want to put glycol in it mm-hmm. because the the freezing point of propylene glycol is way lower, Much and so which what, is a good a good segment because you had asked the first question, yes. what is glycol? Yeah. Yes, Brian, what is glycol? Oh, it's uh slippery. <laughs> if you if it gets on the floor. I mean it, <laughs> If it gets on the floor, it's really slippery. That's your know. answer. <laughs> I know. It's essentially an, it's a food-safe antifreeze. It's, it's yeah, an antifreeze. It's antifreeze. Yeah. And uh, the f- funny thing, when we installed our brew house, I asked the installers to dye the propylene you, you glycol you blue. You story. Yeah, and they looked at me like I was an alien, and they're like, well, why would you want to dye this stuff blue? And I was like, think about it. Your car stuff is dyed green or orange. So that when it comes out of your car on the floor, you know it is. You, water. you know what it is yeah. like, and there's water all the time, everywhere at the brewery, all over the place, on the floor, yeah. on our clothes. Mm-hmm. Just you're wet all the time when you're brewing, mm-hmm. like because you're spraying fucking water everywhere. You want to make sure you know what the glycol is exactly. Like. And so when the when the glycol come when some some blue thing leaks on the floor, you're like, oh well, that's most definitely glycol, and we have a very very big problem because. Maybe the only problem in the brewery is the the boiler or the glycol chiller. Yeah. Like those are the only two things yeah. that you really, really if something's going wrong with those, you're fucked. Yeah. That so. will stop production. Oh and I feel dead like in its tracks. Yeah. Gly- you're doing nothing. Glycol it maybe would be worse because it's you know, you you not You have how many tanks do we have at the brewery? Nine. And, and all of the beer that we brew would be different done. beer. It'd be done if we could. It would have to be a different beer. You, you so, I guess uh, this is this is slightly off topic, but um, so I've seen your guys's glycol chiller because uh, at one point Brian got a text in the middle of a podcast and we had to run back to the brewery oh, yeah. and go fiddle with it. Um, it did actually, yeah. So and it ended up being fine. I think. I think we just was there, there was those, an alarm that went off, and yeah, yeah, we just went up there and like gave it the. We turned it off and turned it back on. You, again. you stared at it. Oh, we just did. That uh, way. No, we just turned it off and turned it back on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you can, you can. But give first, it, you stared at it. I did bit. stare at it. Yeah, yeah he did stare gave at it. it. Gave it to <laughs> gave dir- it the, dirty scowl. Yeah. <laughs> dirty scowl. <laughs> Um, but like you, you have one source of glycol for the entire brewery, yeah. mm-hmm. which I mean, if something's wrong in that line, that's insane. Yeah, you're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just done. Like every beer that's for is you're just done. Ugh, yeah. I don't know. Let's, can we yeah, change? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> All right. So back on the homebrew level. So I like how the brewer is like, let's stop talking about this. And I'm like, <laughs> I, we're just yeah. tempting fate now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah. So back to the homebrew level. So what I did is I wanted something a little bit more compact um, that I didn't have to run quite as much as a chest freezer mm-hmm. and could get down to the lower temps that I needed to do loggers. Um, so I started doing some research. Uh, my buddy Steve had done something similar earlier this summer uh, when we were talking about it. And basically you can take a window AC unit and turn that into a glycol chiller, which is what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so to do that, it's... It sounds very complicated, but it's, it's very not simple. It's that hard. 
Um, really not that hard. Yeah, basically, you 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 take the casing. So basically, you do everything your mom told you not to do growing up. You take oh, yeah. the thing apart and you start poking around the electronics a little bit. Um, so if you take the casing off, um, you'll find that uh, I'm trying to remember the name. So I think it's a condenser up front. That yeah, the cold bit. The like everything around that piece of equipment is is, is centered around the way the condenser works. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so there's it's the there's, same thing with our um, air dryer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so, so you have, yeah, you have the whole thing that's censored around. So learn what a condenser does. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you, you have the condenser, um, and that is connected to the compressor and then the radiator on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to make this work, so you take that out, you identify it. Uh, the easiest way to do that is cold air blows out of the condenser side. Um, and so if, as long as you know which, which way is which with your AC, you're going to be fine. Um, and then you need to bypass the thermostat. Um, that is one spot where I screwed up cause I didn't read the right, the wiring diagram properly. And I cut the, I snipped the, the wrong two wires, but luckily I was smart enough and left a long enough tails where I just nutted them back together. Did you the red one? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> snipped the red one, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Because that's yeah. what the one on the internet said to do, and I didn't mm. read the wiring diagram first. Yeah, uh, it, often don't snip the red often one. Often red and red and black don't mean positive negative. Like no, no, well, and that's not what I was trying to do. Sometimes, sometimes your negative leads brown. Well, it's, and so, gr- <laughs> well, yeah, and so, yeah, uh, ground is sometimes brown. I don't well, know. but ground is usually green, green ground. Yeah, you'd like to make an alliteration like that, but that's not always the case. Well, that's uh, most of the, most of the things that I've worked on have been, but anyway. That's probably not S- true. S- always read the Sensors, wiring diagram, and the wiring diagram, diagram will be attached um, on always. the in, on the inside yeah. of your unit. So look Sensors around and you'll find just it. just work differently. Like yeah. you've got brown and um, um, yeah. And so mine black. it was uh, it was I had to. So there's there's a cooling dial usually. There's two dials on your um, AC unit, and I'm looking. Uh, mine was analog. It wasn't digital. So digital would be slightly different. Just, but they work the same. So just kind of. But the digital, the digital is going to go to a controller. Yep. And most of the controllers are, again, fairly, pretty much the same uh, across models. They'll have the same type of controller. Yep. All all you're looking here for is so on the di- on the diagram, find the thermostat, and all you're trying to do is find the the dial. Or the, the wire that goes from the controller to the thermostat, mm-hmm. and you want to snip that, and uh, snip the snip the wire that goes from the compressor to the thermostat, and you're uh, and then you want to wire nut those or use wire nuts. They're use super wire cheap because um, then you can you can unscrew it. Yep. and, if, and you, if you fuck up, well, and then like, clip the uh, wrong one. Well, yeah, and then you can just wire <laughs> nut them back just together. Screw it back together. Uh, you don't have to worry about soldering. Then, and it's yeah. a super easy project. Um, basically, all you're doing is you're bypassing that thermostat, so it's always on. Yeah, you have you have the space within the way that that for, uh, they make the it's like the same size box. You have the space to wire nut or to yep. Put your hands in, it's, and you can add more wire or whatever. It's not like to like working it's not a, rocket science. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, if you do, once you do that, then you come to the most scary part of the thing, and it's absolutely terrifying. You have to so that compre- or that condenser is attached to the compressor with copper tubing full of freon. Mm. You need to be able to bend that up and over into a cooler. Mm-hmm. 
Do not kink that line. If you kink a line, a copper line. If you kink a copper line, you're done. You're done. You have to get a new <laughs> uh, AC unit and start over. Because it's going to mm. leak that uh, Freon. That Freon is gone and it's more trouble than it's worth to well, replace. Well, and then and Freon is like it, the, that gas works differently than. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you don't breathe it either. Yeah. It's a, well, it's a, a, it's a gas and you're a human who doesn't normally work with like gaseous product. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it won't kill you, but just don't breathe yeah. it. Um, I don't there's think there's a reason why they don't. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's also expensive to recharge, and it's yeah, yeah and it's mm-hmm. just not worth it. Um, but yeah, so once you do that, so basically you're gonna slowly bend it. Um, just use like gentle, like consistent force, and it it'll do what you want. Um, and if it starts to kink a little bit, stop and work around it. Like as long as it doesn't fully kink, you'll be fine. Um, and then you're gonna get that into um, a cooler that that condenser will fit in. It could be as small or as big as you want. And basically that's your cooling for this, this system. Are you going to put pictures of your, um, yeah, I'll throw them on the Instagram. Okay. Uh, so look at the blind into studios on Instagram and I'll put pictures of my build up. I don't have step by step because I was kind of just trying to figure it out. Well, yeah, it's like, wait, do you, do you want to bring all of the listeners into your laundry room? Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Bring them. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I set up my little brewing area in the laundry room. I got my, okay. uh, yeah, I finally, I finally set up my my little brewing area, and it's fantastic. I got my fermentation going. I got my, like, all my yeasty things set up. Oh, you got your uh, stir plates. Yep. That I saw, yep. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's, that's essentially it. I don't know. And then, uh, oh, uh, and then you're going to plug your uh, whatever your power source or your cooling source is. Um, into a temp controller. So uh, you can buy one on Amazon now, which that baffled me the first time I saw that, when I could just go on Amazon and buy, like, a temp controller for 15 bucks instead of having to go find one of those aquarium ones and building one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, another thing to also consider is uh, kind of the heat displacement because you are certainly... Uh, yeah, you're pushing out the heat. Pushing so, heat out. So if yep. that's an issue for you, that's like another. Yep. Which makes the laundry room really good because it's vented. So how much? Uh, how much are we talking? Like, how much did you pay to for set mine the today? Yeah. Zero dollars. Yeah, zero. Because I had so, everything. Oh, you and had I everything. and I, you know, this seems a bit. Um, I mean, there's 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 levels. Of that. Oh, you could do it for zero totally. dollars and you know tear apart an air conditioner, um, but you know I I was again I, I went back to this Northern Brewer website or mm-hmm. go you know more beer Austin Brew Surprise they 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 probably probably have all these things too but um, it's a few hundred dollars base price to do this what what basically what you did today yeah so um, um, up to almost like a thousand yeah depending so on what you're looking for uh which SS is why Brutech commercial has, chillers are so yeah, fucking expensive yeah. ss brewtech has a 900 hundred dollar um yeah. glycol chiller you should get an ac unit with about five thousand btu um per hour uh I think, well, yeah, I guess I didn't... I well, it depends know. on how much stuff you're trying to chill. Right, like, yeah. You're, you are so only chilling, two, like, two. two fermenters, and it'll do fine. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I yeah. mean, and then, like, a large Coleman, which is, like, what you have. I don't know if you're... It's, yeah, a, it's Coleman. a smaller one, but yeah. 
Um, but but yeah, I mean, you know, keep in mind you're you're gonna need pumps, tubing, plywood, paint, uh, insulation. Uh, yeah, as fancy as you want to make it, mine's literally just sitting yeah. in pieces right now on the floor. Yeah. No, your AC unit doesn't have even have a cover on it. Yeah, which I think it looks cool. It makes it look like Star Wars. Like <laughs> Star Wars always looks like new technology that's just real, old, like that that's has real just old. been. Yeah, yep. like, which, right. My other my other question was for for us visual learners is was there a website that you were able to kind of yeah? Reference? Um, so I I uh, literally I went to Google and I put in DIY glycol chiller. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I looked at the first few links. Mm-hmm. Um, and it. From that, I was able to glean enough to get me to where I was. Uh, the biggest thing that wasn't clear on a lot of them is a lot of them used colors to delineate what wires to, mm-hmm. to cut, which is why I ended up cutting the red one. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. Yeah. I should have read the wiring yeah. diagram. So, yeah. so if you take yeah. so, nothing away from this, read the wiring yeah, diagram. Don't, don't rely on the website's color. Yep. Because your AC unit is going to be different than theirs. Yeah. 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 Okay. Situationally, wiring diagram. Well, no, the wiring diagram for your whatever you're working on is always going to give you the right information. Yep. But you're like, oh, red red is positive and black is negative. It's um, never, and I feel like yeah. this should go without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Make sure your AC unit is unplugged before you start taking it apart. Yeah. I feel like that's... And functional? Or does it not? That uh, no, matter? functional's ma- functional yeah. matters. Like make sure it make yeah. sure it works. Mm-hmm. Like don't start doing this with a broken AC unit because you're going to be bummed mm-hmm. when you put this much work in. Well, and then um, but then again, to be fair, like this entire project took me an hour today. So, okay, uh, you had mentioned in the um in the in the AC unit coil there was freon. Yes. What happens to that? The freon stays. Okay. Um, yeah. It should. It's a 100% closed system. Okay. Totally contained. The, yeah, the only issue that happens is if you unclose the system. So technically, the system that you set up isn't glycol. You're right. The cool. Well, so no cooling. So glycol. So it's it right. It's a he's cooling an area that has water that's that, running through. And yes. instead of using water, he's using freon in your system. No, 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 no. no. Oh, so okay. free, so freon is the gas that the... runs in the in the AC unit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, the AC. Okay, so yeah. in the AC unit powers the the AC unit right. powers the cooling that will power yeah. eventually the glycol. Right now, it's a water system, and it will. Yeah, be yeah, yeah. Glycol, okay, if got it. Got power it. is the right yeah, word you. to yeah. use, but well, I, don't know. I mean, yeah. So it's it's the heat exchange. Mm-hmm. So yeah. freon powers the heat exchange. Um, so your your refrigerator, your AC units, all that, mm-hmm. that's all running on Freon. Okay, two separate things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so right now it's cooling water. You just have to go essentially get some, is it, um, it's not glycol, it's glycerine. No, you glycerine. would get, you could get propylene glycol. Propylene, propylene glycol. glycol. Yeah, Eas- easily. And then yep. substitute that out for the water. Yep. Uh, well, yeah, so what I would do is probably there's do a, lower a 50-50 mix freezing of point water and, and glycol because yeah. glycol is yep. very expensive. It's like, yep. so it's like and, in your engine. Yeah. yeah, And that's, well, and it's the same thing with the, the glycol chiller at the brewery mm-hmm. that there there is absolutely a, a percentage of water in there and for a couple reasons one on purpose and two because of the way that stuff evaporates there's yep. just mm-hmm. going to be yep. water well also um, that's why you get, we, you get better heat exchange if you add water into it like looking at the the science of glycol which is its the, own episode it's, it's the hydrogen stop yeah, it piece to it which is a very exciting one like I I because I, I did some research on it. it's it's yeah. kind of cool like looking yeah. at uh, the different like thermal capacities of liquids mm-hmm. and yeah, stuff. The, the different way these gases work and the way that they work in tandem or like the way they synergize. But I would say like if you're if you're really thinking about looking into it, some important tips. 
Oh, uh, do not run yours too cold too quickly. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you end up with a block of block ice, of ice. So, which is what I have right now. So. Yep, run it a few a few degrees Fahrenheit above what you think it mm-hmm. should be. Yep. for sure. Yeah. yeah, I would also insulate the parts that get cold, like uh-huh. anything that gets cold. Uh, we're talking about fermenters, glycol lines, cooler, like all of those things to avoid sweating as well, which is another reason why. In our laundry room, there's probably a floor drain or, yep. you know, hopefully or in your garage, things yeah. like that. So it's going to pro- provide better stability for like the, just the structure, the infrastructure of the project you're working on in essence, and we'll extend the kind of lifespan, the lifespan of it, mm-hmm. the whole deal. And, uh, you know, make sure, especially when you're running an active fermentation, you're checking your, whether it's the glycol or water in, in Casey's mm-hmm. case right now, checking that, that water level to, to make sure that the pump is running dry. Yes. Yeah. Uh, don't use automotive uh, anything. You make sure everything you're using food is food grade. Yes. Uh, that's that's huge. Yeah. Do like yeah, glycol is antifreeze, but it's not the same antifreeze that goes into your car and will kill you. It's mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Yep. So ventilation, uh, drainage. Um, consider the environment rules, regulation. If you're in an apartment, you know stuff like that. Uh, tap water is fine, but you know this mix that we're talking about with uh, glycol would yeah. work better. Yeah, and I think uh, that you know that goes back to this idea that tap water you you can you can regulate ale temperatures with tap water yep. very well. But if you if you want to start doing hybrids or um, or even just cold crashing your ales, cold crashing you can't is a great you can't idea. do yeah, with yeah. um you can't just do and with uh, yeah tap cold, water cold crashing between you know for me between just like homebrew beer and professional level level homebrew beer cold crashing is a step that is oh, yeah. going to bring you into you know that next level yeah it's sure. gonna force a lot of more a lot more stuff out of mm-hmm. suspension yep and then uh distilled demineralized water yep. running through your lines mm-hmm. and then as always clean your lines yeah reverse osmosis um if you have that that yeah. system mm-hmm. yeah all right. Uh, I don't think I really have anything else to add. I, well, I have, one, I have another oh, yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, no, a question. On a scale of 1 to 10, what level of like s- skill difficulty would, would building a glycol system be um, for a home brewer? So here's... It, Up there. I, I, I will say this. <laughs> um, I'm very comfortable with DIY. I'm very comfortable with screwing up mm-hmm. and having to undo my mistakes or just scrapping the project if that's a thing that you're okay with then this is like a three or four okay um if that's something that you're not okay with i'd say like Mm -hmm. an eight okay yeah yeah Um, because there's there's a lot of there's a lot of trial and error well not i shouldn't say trial and error there's trial and error on my part because i didn't read the wiring diagram (laughs) uh and they keep coming back to that because that was the biggest mistake i made today yeah um i also had to cut a bunch of like i ended up having to pull out a coping saw and cut a bunch of plastic out of places in order Mm -hmm. to reach screws because turns out that when they were designing old uh, window units they weren't expecting us to use them in this way Mm -hmm. so you have to (laughs) no (laughs) i know right they will in like five years they'll be like we got to make sure to design this Uh, yeah for home brewers so like i had to i had to go in and i had to pull out parts um i removed a fan um so like there's also just like a Spinning like piece of metal in there somewhere, mm-hmm. and keep your fingers away from that. Keep one. your children away from it. Your mm-hmm. dogs. Mm-hmm. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but you did something similar at Bobtown, right? It was it was a it was a bucket of water in a chest freezer. Oh, okay. That okay. I kept at you know 
33 degrees again mm-hmm. because if you had it too cool, it would it just turn it ice. If it wasn't the glycol, yeah. Because yeah. there was chiller would, on the I roof would, of the brewery is like 25 yeah. to 27. Yeah. So Yeah, and I would just pump that pump that cold water because I, I used uh, SS Brutex. It was their Pro Series. Yep. Oh, yeah, yep. Um, and I would just pump that cold water through... Um, you know, the coil that was within the fermenter. Yep. And then I also had to use ambient temperature. It was a little bit of a hybrid homebrew system at at that point, but um, it it seemed to work. I I, I couldn't do ales and I couldn't cold crash though. I had to, I had to rely on. You couldn't do lagers? Lagers. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't do lagers and I couldn't do cold crashing uh, with that system. You know, it was just a time and. Two, yeah. And. uh, But you still had one of the best cream ales in the area. So. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I thought so too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if if it wasn't for uh, what New Glarus is spotted cow taking all the cream ale credit, like. <laughs> <laughs> is that really a it cream ale? It's, it's a saison on their website. Yeah, is it a saison? Yeah. It's a farmhouse, a farmhouse ale. Yeah, farmhouse they ale, yeah. often ferment that open, and it. There are often batches of it that are more banana than not. Yes. Sure. So yeah. This is very true. Yeah, that, that leadoff runner cream ale was definitely my um Do they my, do they make that anymore? Bride. I don't I don't think so. I think Josh is I mean Josh uh, there was a cream ale on last time I was in there. Has gone a little bit different direction with okay. I haven't been beers. there since yeah. he has taken over. Yeah. So Oh, okay. Yep. To each their own. Should get up there and get some hamburgers. Yeah, the, the support food. your local businesses, Brian. I don't. How is Roberts local to me though? Uh, because it's just a few. Well, isn't isn't Minneapolis local? Because I live in Hudson. Like, no, Minneapolis isn't local. That's oh. forty minutes away. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like thirty. I live in Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah. I was saying from here. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, whatever. Like, I don't know. Anyhow. I was in Minneapolis and people were like, "Oh, local, local IPA, Liftbridge." I'm like, "That's not." Wait a second. No. Fucking local. Like it's uh, yeah. How was I, I feel? Local? I feel like there's a population density. Level the local, but we can talk about that on a different. Podcast. I live in Hudson. The local brewery in Hudson is Hop and Barrel, and the other one is Pitchfork. And you supported them both today. I like both of them, <laughs> and yeah. So they're. <laughs> Let's go. On that note, if you guys have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindersstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash studios. You can follow us on Twitter at blindersquare ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. See ya. <laughs>